0: Can a robot defuse landmines? That's the question University of Waterloo graduate Richard Yim and his company, Demine Robotics, have spent the last two years trying to answer. Richard was born in Cambodia and spent the first 13 years of his life surrounded by the human cost and potential danger of landmines. This May, Demine Robotics opened a field office in Cambodia as part of a deal to incorporate its robots into demining operations in-country. What I want to know is how a robot digs up and diffuses landmines. Hello, and welcome to the inaugural episode of The Diffuser. I'm Paul Esau, your host, and this podcast is a product of the Canadian Landmine Foundation. My guest today is Richard Yim, robotics engineer, entrepreneur, and mine action advocate. Richard. Thanks for coming on The Diffuser. I want to ask you today about some of the difficulties of demining, explore some of the problems that you've solved over the years of developing your robots. First of all, demining is a difficult target for innovation, which is why most demining worldwide still involves real people painstakingly clearing ground inch to inch with handheld tools. How are your robots and your innovation going to alter this trend?
1: Yeah, I think it's for us, what, what we're building is very specific to demining clearing process. Specifically in the excavation phase of digging out landmine. And you're right, uh, right now there are the miners all around the world using hand shovel, uh, putting themselves in just on the ground digging out landmine and we're going to change it by having a robotic solution to aid the miner in, in terms of digging them out. And for our robots, we very confident that we can make impact in the field because We've been doing uh, all of our homeworks in in the the background check on the necessary process and improvement that we need to implement um, to make sure our machine can work side-by-side
0: with the miners and have organization to support that as well. Okay, so explaining a little bit about how your machine operates. I mean, you've got two machines that you use, a Chivit excavator and a Sancum diffuser. Uh, Why do there need to be two machines in this process, and which one was the most difficult to create? So, uh, the first machine, the second
1: one is the, um, is the diffuser. It's, so that one is meant to cut open a landmine and then melt out the explosives. Um, so that is our very first machine that we produce. And, um, currently we're putting that on hold as we're putting all our focus on the Jivet um, excavator. So the Jivet excavator is the m- robotic solution to excavate and dig out landmine. So in terms of the difficulty, um, the Jivet excavator is, a little bit more difficult for sure. Uh, It might not sound as exciting as cutting landmine open um, as it is just digging out dirt that contain landmine. The difficulty comes with building a practical unit. So for us to build a unit to dig out dirt, it's not a problem. But for us to build a unit to dig out landmine in minefield, um, that is a difficult task. We need to be it little small. We need to be it little efficient. We need to run on low battery. And it and, and need to be reliable enough to continuously uh, digging
0: up minefield um, across K- Cambodia and hopefully one day across the world. Yeah, I, that's interesting to me because, I mean, terrain obviously is a huge issue when it comes to excavating landmines. I'm, I'm reminded of a video I've often seen on YouTube, on Facebook, where – a wonderful like ball it looks like suction cups in which toilet plungers kind of mounted in a ball is thrown into some minefield in like kuwait and it bounces around and blows up mines this beautiful kind of flat sandy minefield in kuwait and because I said, well this is so easy this is just a ball of toilet plungers like why can't you mine in a place like cambodia and of course or you know colombia or others right and the question is like well in cambodia you may not get a minefield that's a nice sandy plain. You might get, you know, jungle and swamp and huge uh, mountainsides or so forth that are mined. And you can't just toss this machine onto it. And you can't also guarantee a certain clearance rate by just blowing randomly a, a ball around. So uh, from you, I guess, how do you, how do you approach some of those problems using your machines and your robots in terms of dealing with the terrain, dealing with slope and dealing with the different kinds of, I guess, uh, geological features? So I think the the most important thing that we did in our team
1: is we actually get our hands dirty and start living the problem. Uh, what I mean by that is that for us, to in order to actually, before we begin uh, building, even during the process of us building, um, I spent a lot of time in minefield, in minefield across uh, Cambodia. So by... Going to those minefield myself, by working closely with the miners, we were able to understand the terrain and the issue. And we know exactly what we need to build in our machine to make sure it can operate in those terrain, to make sure it could even transport in those terrain. And for us, our idea also focused on creating a unit that is very, very practical. That we can build, finish that unit, and have the miners use it and improve their day-to-day work quality. Um, I'm glad you brought up the example of the ball rolling around. Yes, it might sound great in theory, but there's a lot of issue in practical field. Is that having a nice, sandy, open field is the ideal scenario for landmine clearance, but that is far from the reality. Uh, but not only that, uh if you introduce a solution that is so far out there, um, we cannot guarantee, again, clearance rates. Um, and so if you go look into a field and you could blow out, uh, you could clear 80% of the landmine, but that's 20% left. You still need to clear that minefield meter square by meter square. So it actually make it much uh, much more harder for the miner to go in if that ball were to be in the minefield before um, we actually clear it completely um, clean and safe for villager to use. So for us, we're looking at a process um, specifically that we can put into the field tomorrow and we know that the miner is going to need it, the miner is going to use it, and we can help. Uh,
0: improve efficiency and improve the safety. That was obviously, if I'm a farmer in Cambodia and you tell me I cleared eighty percent of landmines on your farm, that's great. You can go back now. I might kind of, you know, look at you and not be terribly <laughs> thrilled about that possibility. Exactly. So, in terms of your um, your machine that you've created, uh, one thing I'm curious about is how it deals with, say, uh, different models of landmines, landmines that have been booby trapped or IEDs and more difficult to clear in these various situations. It is a very expensive machine. It's obviously less expensive than a human life. Uh, so that's good bad a hundred thousand dollars or so a pop for the machine. Um you you obviously don't want it to get to accidentally trigger a landmine and blow it up. So how do you how do you deal with that process of different uh different I guess models and the booby trapped elements and other kinds of explosives when you are working with your your robot? Yeah. So a robot is designed for small UXO, um
1: also cluster munition, and also anti personnel landmine. So for those Smaller explosive uh we would not have any problem digging them out as our machine capable of stabilizing those landmines as we're pulling them out of earth and so uh, it's it's not too big of an issue now when we're starting about talking about i e d or landmine that have been booby trap those are a little bit tricky for us to operate in um, but those booby trap landmine uh I would say majority, if not all of it. It's only happened in active mine, in active minefield, which means active wars, uh, active war zone where people are still uh, fighting. For us, right now, focus, uh, is in the post-war, uh, conflict zone that we can do humanitarian demining, um, and clear out landmine, clear out customization in those countries. Now, in the future, it's not out of question that for our machine, we can try to tackle, uh, active, active, uh, conflict zone. Uh, that have booby trap mines here that have IED. And for those sort of condition, we are worrying that the landmine might explode or the IED might explode underneath our equipment. But what's the good thing is the way we design our machine, not only would we be able to take uh, the blast with minimal damage, but also even if there's a ma- major damage onto our machine, um, yes, the, the price tag is expensive, but the core mechanism at the front that's gonna take the most damage will, can be replaced at a cheap price because we're building it that the front part of the unit uh, it's just steel and gear and chain. So it's very uh, fundamental
0: component. You can source it out in any country and repair within a day. Oh, that's pragmatic engineering. Wow, I was very curious about that. I'm glad you gave an explanation for it. Uh, so as I've admitted to you before, I mean, I'm totally ignorant when it comes to the actual robotics engineering of, of this piece of machinery. So uh, I guess in your experience, what is the most common misunderstanding that develops when you tell people that you are developing a demining robot? The first thing that people
1: asked me was like, oh, so if you develop a demining ro- robot, how uh, how do you find those landmines? <laughs> and I think um, it's a good question. But for us, we're not doing any detection. And the reason why we're not doing detection is that uh, we believe currently there are um, quite a few available uh, tools for the miner to use to detect those landmines, including... Um, metal detector, ground painting radar, ro- uh, rats, on, and dogs as well to detect those landmines. So there are a few tools at disposal for the miners to use that is uh, relatively safe as well based on the historical path of casualty with the miners uh, within those process. Now, that is one of the misconceptions. Another, uh, some of the misconception also talking about um, for us, are we, we going to be able to do anti-tank landmine? So that's how some of the question come along. And for us right now, we focus on anti-personnel landmine, but moving forward to the future, that is a strong opportunity for us to do anti-tank landmine as well. Uh, we just need to scale up our machine and able to produce a machine that have enough force to penetrate uh, the dirt at that depth and actually pulling the anti-tank landmine out. So it is a possibility that we hoping to explore after we have this mechanism, this
0: ro- robot, to clear the anti personnel landmine first. Wow. You said your current machine is about 200 pounds, which I mean I think is actually lighter than some anti-tank mine. So it would take a quite a bit bigger machine to be able to clear one of those. Definitely. Is it going to, we need to scale those up um, much heavier and much bigger. So You've, uh, D-Mine Robotics, your company has been in operation for about two and a half years now, and you haven't been slouching around. I mean, you've obviously opened up, uh, a new office in Cambodia. You've met the prime minister of Cambodia. You've been written up by GAC and Canadian foreign affairs. You've also been published a bunch of other publications that I've seen around the world. I mean, you've been doing some amazing things. So what, what's next on the agenda for you and your company? So what's next for us is that we're building um, the
1: next iteration of excavator that will be put in minefield in Cambodia work side by side with the miners and we're hoping to um, increase the awareness and do uh, a, a huge fundraising event that allow us to produce multiple of these units so that we can uh, have more mining team in Cambodia use it um, from east to the west and make sure that we can learn as much as we can uh, while those machine with those deminers and also within the next 18 months, we're hoping to expand beyond Cambodia by putting a machine in the hand of the miners in Laos, in Thailand, and and hopefully in country in in the Middle East as well to start exploring the capability of how much this machine can save lives and can improve the efficiency of the miners in Cambodia
0: and across the world. I read somewhere as well that you actually are not just an engineer. You also are a certified deminer. You've taken the course, been in the minefield. You've gone beyond the theoretical and put your money where your mouth is. Uh, did you actually demine a mine when you were – or diffuse a mine when you were on that course? Um, so we
1: we went through quite a f- extensive training. And um, I did I did do um, demining, uh, diff- diffusing, digging out um, – Markland mine and safety mine, uh, multiple time. I've been in minefield with the miners, um, doing some small operation there. Um, but it is a, a, a great experience and it shows us that we need to know what the demining, uh, organization and what the deminer are actually going through and willing. And you're right. We're willing to get our hands dirty and we're willing to put the money where our mouth is and say whatever we need to do to understand the
0: problem so that we can build the right solution, we will do it. Well, thank you very much, Richard. Thanks for coming on the first episode of The Diffuser. I really appreciate your time and good luck in Cambodia. Thank you so much, Paul. Happy to be here.